the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, the media. To watch the ongoing media propaganda, it's like watching Pravda. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. We needed to speak up as a church about some of these issues that we're facing in the nation. Because heterosexuality is God's good intention and design. Parents are a little bit too complacent sometimes about, oh, how bad could it be? It's very bad. It's bigger than most people realize. And it's basically sexualizing children, that's what it is. Because you can't be truly conservative and be advocating for so-called rights on the basis of what God says is a sin. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still, still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to tune in here every weekday, Monday through Friday at 1020 a.m. for my four-minute commentaries. Also, read my articles at WorldNetDaily, WND.com, on BarbWire.com, on LifeSiteNews.com, and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to check out my latest book, which is in its revised second edition, written especially for teens. And it's called Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Well, school is back in session and along with, hopefully, some reading, writing, and arithmetic is a lot of school propaganda about social issues. And here to discuss what we are likely to see this school year, as well as what's going on in the culture at large, is my friend and pro-family colleague, Laurie Higgins, who is the cultural issues writer for the Illinois Family Institute, whose articles appear on many other sites as well. And she's also frequently interviewed by many other media outlets, such as this one. And so welcome back to Mission America Radio, Laurie. Hi, Linda. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you're always um, up to the minute on what's going on with especially the social issues. And as you and I both share our passion for trying to expose and help uh, what's going on with our kids, um, I I really wanted to have you uh, come in and and step in here at the beginning of the school year. And um, let's just talk a little bit about what parents need to be alert to. So um, I'm not sure, first of all, I think a lot of people don't realize what a uh, stellar background you have in um, how you were you came to this issue uh, in the public schools. Tell people a little bit about that. 
Well, I, I was a stay-at-home mom, and, and I, I call myself an accidental activist. When my kids were older, I went back to school, and I worked full-time in the writing center, a writing lab at a um, public high school in an affluent suburb of Chicago, Deerfield High School. And, I, and working there full-time, I was a member of the English department, and it was through that experience that I learned firsthand what was really going on in public schools and the nature of the censorship that that goes on. They don't call it censorship. They'll call it something like text selection. Mm-hmm. But um, and, it, and it was, on, of course, on the issue of homosexuality. The whole trans issue hadn't really gotten going strongly at the time I left, which was 2008. It was starting to come. They had, I know one uh, teacher was having kids read a an article about trans teens that was positive, of course. It was in People magazine, but it was really homosexuality that they were pushing, and also what is called critical race theory, which is the the body of thinking that really propels the Antifa movement Mm -hmm. and the the idea that, you know, we divide society up into who are the oppressors and who are the oppressed based on these certain, you know, privileged identities. Sexual, based on sexuality, gender identity, race, and sex. And so when I saw that, I started addressing it with my colleagues, never from a biblical perspective. This is a predominantly Jewish community and liberal, and that wouldn't have flown with them. They would have said, well, you can't, you know, you can't base your beliefs on superstition, at least your beliefs as they impact public schools. And so I approached it from the basis on which they did. And I, and I said to my colleagues, you know, you're going to take the single most controversial issues in America and, and then only present one side of the debate. I, I told them, you know, that, that violates the most foundational principles of sound pedagogy, of instruction. And for that, I became persona non grata in my own department. People who had been my actual friends had had my kids in class would some of them wouldn't sit in, sit in a room with me, wouldn't say hello to me if we were the only two people in the hall, and I said hello first. Wow. So that's what tolerance really looks like in right, public school. Right, right, right. And so then you went on, but you know what? God had a plan, and you have been a great contributor with all of your writing out um, in the pro-family movement and um, speaking. And so, okay, so you've written a lot, and you've been following a lot. We'll start with the transgender nonsense going on with our kids uh, you know, what kinds of things are we going to in- anticipate this year? I mean, are, are, are kids, little kids going to be subjected to drag queen story hours? Do you think that's going to actually take off uh, in a lot of schools? Well, we know it will in some, right? Well, yes, we know it will in some because it already has happened. We know it's happening in public libraries, which are gov- arms of the government also. And so I think those are still a little bit controversial to be in many, 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 many high schools. But what you will get, I mean high schools, elementary schools, but what you will get in many elementary schools is they will start introducing the concept of gender, gender identity, and gender expression as young as kindergarten. And of course, what what they're introducing them to is an ideology. It's assumptions, presuppositions. They're not introducing them to facts. These are not facts. And so they're introducing to kids who are far too young to understand what these ideas mean, and they're not introducing them to any competing ideas. 
And so it's indoctrination. When, when you don't present competing ideas, competing assumptions, you have transformed education into indoctrination. And we're going to see that at very young ages. What we're also going to see, and people have to understand that this is a teaching um, uh, experience. When they have, if they have one trans-identified student, meaning right. a student who is pretending to be the sex they wish they were, one student whose parents say, I want that student, it could be a kindergarten or a first grade or any age, I want them to access the opposite sex restrooms or locker rooms. The schools will capitulate, not because they want to do it, but because they're afraid of being sued. And then when you have that, that policy or practice teaches all kids in the school that in order to be compassionate and inclusive and loving and tolerant, they have to be willing to relinquish their physical privacy in spaces where private activities take place. Right. That's what it teaches mm-hmm. all students. Right. And that's the, the say you're making an excellent point because it's uh, the point that I've kept uh, continued to make, uh, try to make about the homosexual clubs, the gay straight alliances or genders and sexuality alliances in schools is not just those five to 15 kids that might be in that club. It's what it, demonstrates to all of the kids in the school that that you must uh, in order to that this is legitimate that the adults in charge have have evaluated this they found that there must be something here and it it's a huge uh obstacle to true knowledge and and truth uh it, it, when it exists in a school but they're in virtually all the high schools and middle schools now so right and and that we don't have any choice because as you know the equal access right. act right. set that in motion the restroom and locker room policy, schools actually do have a choice. Right. They, there is no law requiring they, that any school allow students to use opposite-sex private facilities. And now what I'm sure you've talked about this on other occasions, now what you're saying is if, if normal students, what the left likes to call cisgender, meaning people who accept their biological sex, if they're not comfortable sharing locker rooms or restrooms with people of the opposite sex, they're the ones that have to go to the administration and get special accommodations right. to use single occupancy facilities, for example, in the nurse's office. Right. You are no longer allowed to be offended or to, um, you know, have, have what I used to call the, the yuck factor. You cannot any longer say, this makes me very uncomfortable. You know, you can't say that anymore. You are then the problem. And that's, that's, that, that is a revolution in a mindset. You've called this the trans revolution. That's a, that's a very uh, good phrase. Do you think, I think it's, I think it's a revolution, the likes of which the world has never seen. And we do not properly understand the nature of this revolution. Do you think most American Christians get what's going on? I mean, do you? No, they don't. And I've tried to write about this many times that this is not about the very small percentage of people who are gender dysphoric accessing private spaces. This is about the eradication of the public recognition of sex differences in all private spaces for everyone. Because once you can't, either through policy or law, you can't what the left calls discriminate based on either sex or gender identity, then there is no way to limit access to opposite sex facilities just to people who are gender dysphoric. So, for example, if you have a university locker room and a a young man who identifies as a woman says, I want to access the women's locker room, and the school says, okay, you can. Now another young man who who identifies as a male says, I'd feel more comfortable in the women's locker room. 
On what basis could they refuse him? Mm-hmm. They couldn't say, well, you can't go in there because you're objectively male, because number one, you can't discriminate based on sex, meaning you can't take it into account. In addition, they've already allowed another objectively male person in there. And they couldn't say to him, well, you can't be in there because you're cisgender, because you can't discriminate based on gender identity. Right. So, right. Th- and no one is getting that. Right. Well, I mean, it's... yes, there are some people who get it. You get it. <laughs> right. But, not enough people get where we're headed, and that's where we're headed, and that's what the left wants. Right. We're, for those of you who are just joining us, we're talking with Laurie Higgins, who is cultural issues writer for the Illinois Family Institute, but so much more. She, she's written, and her, her material is all over the web and um, is frequently interviewed by many media outlets as well. Um, so, you know, what we're facing is parents who need to wake up and understand that this is... Um, deliberate. It's well-financed. This entire movement is going someplace that you do not want any of us to go, not just your children, the whole revolution to, I mean, the identif- identification of children at birth, There, that is where it's going to go. I mean, you know that's going to happen, where there, it's going to be considered to be discriminatory to, um, you know, not say that, oh, I don't want my child assigned a sex at birth. I mean, do you think that's where we're going? Well, yes, and we're already seeing that, and and that's why we have to never use their language. No one is assigned mm-hmm. a gender at birth. It's revealed. They are, their sex is identified, so we have to keep using language very, very precisely. And so there's no reason for us to even be talking about see, what the left says gender is, is gender are the arbitrary, socially constructed behaviors, conventions, styles, interests that are arbitrarily assigned or associated with either maleness or femaleness. So to say that children are assigned a gender, obstetricians do not assign arbitrary socially constructed roles or conventions to babies at birth. They identify their objective immutable biological sex that never changes. As I wrote today, there is no such thing as transitioning. No human can transition from male to female or female to male. It's an impossibility. So that's just another one of their invented terms to conceal what we're actually talking about. If someone says I'm trans, what they really mean is... I wish I were the sex I'm not. That's right. all they mean. Well, they and they're ma- it's a masquerade, and this is all uh, Halloween every day. And you know, it, we need to understand this is plastic surgery that they're looking for. They're looking for reconstruction and uh, disguises. It's just a big disguise, it and it, it's a mental disguise at first, and then it's a, a physical one. And it's mental illness. It's still emotional mental illness. We should be very compassionate for these people, but this is not. Unless parents, you need to stand up. We cannot let this run our country and our culture. We need to, and especially get into the Christian church, which you and I will get into um, when we come back on our, we have more time uh, when we come back after our break. But just quickly, you had an Illinois bill that was going to force uh, the pro, the positive uh, promotion of homosexuality and tra- transgender gender confusion in schools. What's ever happened with that bill? About thirty seconds. Oh, it's it's not dead. They're just they haven't had the votes yet. Okay. It'll be reintroduced. Mm-hmm. The left is nothing if not persistent, and we, they have a persistence that we lack on the conservative side. 
it's an what they call an LGBT inclusive curriculum that will mandate the positive teachings. Well, they want to talk about the roles and contributions of homosexuals and transgenders throughout history, and this would apply at all grade levels. Right. They actually tried to make it apply to private schools, and but they're more afraid of the private school parents right. than they are, so they actually took that out because they know the, I guess, the sheeple in public schools won't won't, right. won't put up enough things. Right. Well, but they that have. will come up. There's only one other state in the country that has a law like that. California. And that's California. Right. Right. Okay. We are running out of time here, so we will talk more about that, and well, the we'll go on and talk about the rest of what's going on in schools with Laura Higgins, who is cultural issues writer for the Illinois Family Institute. This is Linda Harvey with Mission America Radio, and we will be returning following these messages, so don't go away. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. Well, school is in session, and parents, are you on top of the propaganda that your children may be uh, hearing at school, even Christian schooling, even private schooling, parochial schooling, but certainly in the public schools? We're talking today with Laurie Higgins, who um, is very well-versed in all of these school issues and longtime um, pro-family colleague of mine, friend, and uh, a cultural issues writer for the Illinois Family Institute, and her articles appear all over the web, and she's very articulate on all of these issues. And so we're talking about the schools. So, Laurie, I wanted to get your thoughts about one of the first propaganda events, because you and I talk about the Day of Silence in April all the time, and we work on um, uh, a a Day of Silence walkout uh, effort every spring. Um, But that's not the only thing that GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, and all these other um, activist groups and the activist teachers and administrators in schools. That's the only, not the only manipulative event they have. One, they have one that comes up usually in September called Ally Week, where kids are uh, recruited to become allies of their quote unquote LGBT so called um, peers. Although that there are no, it's not inborn, so that's just, just an identity and possibly behavior. What what is going on with that kind of manipulation and and indoctrination? This is just, um, you know, this is just one more event that is being used uh, in the name of compassion to lure our kids in. Well, I think your term manipulation is really the most apt descriptor of this event because of the choice of the word ally. So if you don't participate in this it suggests that you're not an ally. And what is an ally? An ally is someone who is a friend, who supports you. But what they really mean is, do you support homosexuality? Do you support your friend's engagement in embrace of the whole ideology, uh, volitional choice to be involved in homosexual activity? And so what we have to get at is what is true and what is love, and love is never separate from truth. Love depends first on knowing what is true. So to really be an ally, you have to know what is really true. And, but this is going to manipulate kids. I mean, don't people feel bad if you say, oh, so you're not an ally of your friend? Well, you know, that requires a discussion. And, and they, I mentioned when we were off air that 
about the safe space stickers that they've been asking teachers to put on their desks for years, and now they ask, ask people to put them on their cubicles in the corporate world, which means what does it mean if you, won't put, if you don't want to put that on there? It, it implies that you're not a safe place right, exactly. for your homosexual colleagues or friends or students. But, of course, that's dependent on the left redefinition of safety to mean, you know, safety depends on affirming all of their beliefs and all of their desires and all of their volitional acts. Right. And, of course, that's not what safety means. Right, right. No, and it's... In order to really be safe, it means that you have to conform to idea, moral truth to be really safe in this world. I mean, if, I mean, an earlier definition of safety just meant absence of physical abuse or harassment, but we've gone way beyond that. Yeah, right, right. Now it's mental safety as well. Well, you know, I'm going to switch gears kind of, although we're going to talk more about the tyranny of the, the, act, the homosexual and, and gender confusion activist movement, um, because you've written a really compelling article uh, calling out what's now happening again to our friend Jack Phillips in um, uh, of Masterpiece Cake Shop in Colorado. Describe to people what's going on with him. You know, he won at the Supreme Court, but it's not over, right? Right. So, I mean, it was like within a couple of days after the Supreme Court agreed to take his case, a year ago in June, a, a um, transgender woman, which is to say an actual man, mm-hmm who goes by the name Autumn Scardina. I think, I believe his real name or his, his birth name was Charlie Scardina, a Denver attorney, called the Masterpiece uh, Cake Shop and asked if Jack Phillips would make a cake for him that had a blue exterior and a pink interior to celebrate his transition from male to female, which of course is an impossibility. But and he obviously did this knowing full well that Jack Phillips would refuse. And so when Jack did exactly what he anticipated, Scardina anticipated he would do, refused to do it because that, creating a cake with a message like that violates his religious beliefs that we are created male or female. And uh, so he, he took his complaint. He filed a complaint with the uh, Colorado Civil Rights Commission, and they have just concluded that Jack Phillips indeed discriminated against this man based on gender identity, which, of course, Jack Phillips did not refuse to bake the cake based on this man's desire to be a woman and his volitional choices to masquerade as a woman. He objected to it and refused to do it because it conveyed a message. It was a type of product that he didn't want to use his skills, his artistic skills, to convey a message with which he disagrees that offends the God he serves. Right, right, right. And, and, you know, this is and I think uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom is uh, there's some countersuits involved. They're going there's they're going after, I believe, filing suit against the Human Rights Commission's um, the individuals. Isn't that yeah, I, I don't know that part of it. I've been busy writing this article today, right, so I don't have right. all this the is background just, on it. This is just new new news. So uh, ch- new. check that out, folks, if that's correct. I'll be, uh, we'll both probably be writing more about that. So, um, so Lori, okay, we've got um, about a minute. What should parents be doing this school Here's year? The most important. Here's the most important parents things parents should do at the beginning of the school year. They need to send an email to all of their children's teachers, CC it to the principal, and ask them that they tell them that under no circumstances are their children to be present 
for any discussions of homosexuality or gender dysphoria or the transgender ideology and or be presented with any resources on that topic and ask the teacher to get back, all the teachers to get back to them, telling them, the parent, whether they will honor that request or not. Right. If the school says we will not honor that request, they are telling you they're going to indoctrinate your children, then you're going to, those parents are going to have to make a decision about what they'll do. But remember, these will not be isolated incidents. This is the cumulative impact, the incrementalism of the LGBT movement to transform the beliefs and feelings of children. Yeah. Absolutely. Lori, uh, IllinoisFamily.org is where people can find your articles, correct? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, be sure and check them out because they're brilliant. Lori does a wonderful, wonderful job of keeping up with this. And uh, you also are out on the web in other ways, correct? Am I? <laughs> you're, you're written for some other... Uh, just just oh, yeah. Google Lori Higgins, and you'll find many, many other articles uh, that are written by her. God bless you, Lori. May you have a great um, few next few months until we interview again. And um, I, I know people are willing to answer any questions and just email. If you can't get in touch with Lori, get in touch with me, and I'll forward it on to her. Just remember, friends, we can do this as parents. We have the responsibility to protect our kids. Just remember with God, all things are still possible. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.